Hello, everyone, and welcome to this edition of the My Ag Life Daily News Report. I'm your host, Lori Boyer. On the show today, I'll have regional and national agricultural news beginning with regional ag news right after this. Do you know the nutrient use efficiency people? Yes, I'm talking about the folks at Verdesian Life Sciences that deliver crop insights and solutions so California crops grow to their full potential. From micros with a proprietary delivery system to solutions that help improve the uptake and assimilation of applied nutrients. Visit VLSCI.com to learn more about Verdesian solutions or to connect with a local representative right here in California. In drought-stricken communities, drinking water wells are going dry because groundwater is being pumped faster than it can be replenished. The fur- to further protect clean drinking water, the Department of Water Resources, in coordination with the California Department of Food and Agriculture, has developed the LandFlex program to support groundwater sustainability agencies and local growers to limit unsustainable groundwater pumping affecting drinking water wells. The program aims to help free up water in the event of a fourth consecutive dry year, accelerate implementation of the Sustainable Groundwater Management Act, and prevent drinking water supply problems in 2023. Enacted by the state in 2014, SGMA addresses the issues of overpumping and provides a framework for local agencies to better manage and protect groundwater supplies for long-term sustainability. The $25 million program would award funds to local groundwater sustainability agencies to pay growers to immediately idle land as a one-year drought relief measure. The proposed program would target operators of small and medium-sized farms in areas where agricultural pumping reductions would help keep household and small community water system wells from going dry. As of November of 2022, just under 1,400 dry wells have been reported statewide, a nearly 40% increase over the same period last year. For comparison, fewer than 100 dry wells were reported annually in 2018, 2019, and 2020. In order to reach vulnerable communities in need and provide smaller disadvantaged farmers access to the program, DWR is working directly with partners in non-governmental organizations and the agriculture industry to spread the word about this program. Partners include the Community Alliance with Family Farmers, Self-Help Enterprises, Western United Dairies Foundation, and the Almond Alliance. Before LandFlex is officially launched, a public comment period begins today and closes on Thursday, December 29th. Public comments may be submitted via email to sgwp at water.ca.gov. You can always contact the California Department of Food and Agriculture if you need that email or more information. And for those interested in applying for a LandFlex grant, DWR will host an applicant workshop on Thursday, January 19th. To register for the workshop and learn more about the LandFlex program and how to apply, log on to water.ca.gov front slash LandFlex. California Dairies Incorporated, the largest dairy farmer-owned cooperative in California, has announced it has agreed to acquire Dairy America effective January 1st. Dairy America is a globally recognized supplier of quality and sustainable dairy ingredients and is a federated cooperative currently owned by CDI, Agrimark Incorporated, and Oatka Milk Products. As part of the acquisition, CDI will purchase the ownership rights currently held by Agrimark Incorporated and Oatka Milk Products, making Dairy America a 
a wholly owned subsidiary of CDI. Under the new structure, Dairy America will continue to market milk powders produced by Agrimark Incorporated and Oatka Milk Products. These marketing agreements will allow for the continued multi-origin and sustainable supply benefits currently enjoyed by Dairy America. Dairy America will remain under the leadership of Patty Smith, Chief Executive Officer, and the Dairy America office will remain in Fresno. That flower feeling, a brand representing the U.S. fresh cut flower and foliage industry, has been awarded a bronze award in the luxury and premium brand category in the Global Epica Awards. In partnership with 180 Amsterdam, Cal Flowers Association launched Flowers Self Care Made Easy in January of 2022, a campaign encouraging consumers to make fresh flowers part of their everyday wellness routine. Across multiple social media and digital audio platforms, this popular campaign has reached over 60 million consumers so far in 2022, with greater exposure planned in 2023. An Epica Award is unique in that the selection process and final awards are done by industry journalists and not operators, making for an objective selection as to who receives an award. The Almond Conference 2022 drew more than 3,700 people over three days recently. It was held at Sacramento's Safe Credit Union Convention Center and provided valuable industry reports and assessments and a wide range of educational sessions that offer growers and handlers options for maximizing their resources and investments in almost every part of their operations, according to an article on almonds.com. The industry celebrated several distinguished members at the annual gala dinner of the conference. The Almond Board of California recognized the contributions of Blue Diamond President and CEO Mark Jensen, who announced his planned exit out of that leadership role earlier this year. They also recognized Paul Lum of American Farmland Trust, who was the recipient of the 2022 Almond Technical Achievement Award. ABC also celebrated the recipient of the annual Almond Achievement Award. That went to Brian Azell, Vice President of the Wonderful Company and the ABC Global Market Development Committee Chair. CNH has announced it has purchased a 10% minority stake in Stout Industrial Technology. Stout, a Salinas, California-based startup, is building smart implements powered by artificial intelligence. CNH sees the investment as an important piece of its CN Act work, building machines that complete automated and autonomous tasks based on sensor-detected data. Sponsored by the California Walnut Board and Commission. Supporting the industry with on-farm innovation through production research, advocacy for government programs, and driving consumer demand. Doing more together. Farmers can see adverse effects from both too little or too much water. To help address these challenges, scientists at the USDA have been working with various partners to address soil moisture issues on farms. Michael Koch, a research hydrologist for USDA's Agricultural Research Service, shares more about soil moisture and the impacts it can have on farmers. So too little water, too much water, both problems for a farmer. You can imagine uh, if you have a yard or you're at the park and it's too wet, you can basically sink in the mud. And that is, uh, you know, a thousandfold when you're driving a several ton tractor through a field. So it's it's what we call prevented planting in the spring or prevented harvest in the fall uh, because you just can't get your your vehicles out there to to do the work um, as well you can stunt growth uh, with too wet because roots can rot in standing water um, just imagine if you're driving through um, the countryside and you see a dead uh, forest stand it's because the water has risen and the trees can't the tree roots can't survive in that wa that water so 
too much water is easy. Um, but we're too little water, it's wilting point. It's not enough water to grow uh, and sustain its its um, processes and, and move its nutrients throughout the plant to grow and produce, uh, reproduce the, the seeds and things like that. So um, the extremes are challenges and, and when it happens as well, you can have some plants have certain times that it's okay to be a little saturated uh, moisture-wise, but other times it really likes a little bit of a drought to hardy up the the stems and things like that. Monitoring soil moisture can not only help improve growing conditions, but it can also save farmers money on irrigation costs. So scientists at ARS are working on uh, determining what are the accurate measurements that are needed to schedule soil moisture uh, irrigation systems. The tools for doing that depend on soil type, um, soil bulk density, um, and some other chemical processes that occur in soil because we're, we can't measure soil moisture directly. We always have to measure a proxy. And usually that's um, the electrical conductivity of the soil or the dielectric constant of soil. That's how we also use uh, the properties of water for remote sensing. Uh, we work with farmers, various scientists throughout the agency work with farmers directly to schedule irrigation um, optimize irrigation, reduce loss to evaporation. Um, we, we like to see it happen in transpiration because um, that's part of the process of a plant. Uh, you can save, just by monitoring soil moisture, you can save up to 70% of water irrigation costs by uh, not overwatering. Because once you overwater, the plant is sat satiated and then you're just wasting money, uh, water going in the ground. So different um, scientists are doing that work and I'm working in the realm of getting uh, water resource management up to speed on that. So at a much larger scale, state scale, mesonet and regional scale, so that we have better idea of if there's river releases, um, can those water basin managers um, have a better idea of what the conditions are, uh, uh, regionally so they can establish how much water should be released from a dam if rain's coming um, or how much needs to be held in reserve because there's uh, and what the state of the moisture condition is in the area that they're managing so they have an idea of how much water will run off when it comes in uh, in, the, in the next weather system. Climate change is only exasperating the challenges farmers are facing. Kosh talks more about extreme weather events and the impacts they have on farms. So the the real challenge we're starting to see, and I have a call later today about this, are the extreme events that are occurring. So we're used to climatological norms that we deviate from occasionally. You may even consider El Nino, La Nina events, and we can almost predict them uh, with some accuracy. But the dramatic events of flooding and drought and flash droughts are new. A uh, new a new a form of event that they're starting to characterize and understand, these things seem to be increasing in nature uh, and frequency. So putting all that information together on how to properly manage something that requires a lot of time. So if, it, if you just have to do one day of harvesting, that'd be not that difficult, but we have to do uh, three to six months of growth that have to be optimal conditions, we hope, uh, for for the end result, the punchline at the end of 
the, the plants being harvested and taken to market. I don't know how many farmers have to wait for their uh, corn to get dry enough to harvest so they don't have to pay for the dryers. Um, and, and that hits their bottom line. So all of these things, the moisture conditions at the end, the trafficability of the of the fields themselves all have to play nice together in order for a farmer to make a living. Um, and these extreme events really just are are kind of the worst case scenario for some of them because it just doesn't hit at the right time and you can it can happen at the end of the year right when they're going for the for the cash out this and other research could not be conducted without a vast amount of partnerships one thing i like to to mention is the the tremendous amount of partnerships that we rely upon to make all of this happen from the local farmers who agree to host stations that we uh, collect data with that inform decisions the mesna operators that are collecting data statewide and, and have these relationships with producers to better inform decisions all along the way, not just from agriculture standpoint, but from um, emergency response standpoints, because they're collecting the weather and climate data that are used for making decisions. Uh, good examples are in Oklahoma, where the Oklahoma Mesonet is partnered with the state police so that they can better respond and inform weather decisions and um, forecasts for tornadoes. Uh, Oklahoma happens to be a hotspot for that, if you're, I'm sure you're aware. And going up to uh, the Northern Plains where there's uh, the High Plains Regional Research Center, they're monitoring soil moisture and weather because of um, flooding conditions and all of these partnerships, everybody along the way doing their best to, to help the American farmer and to help uh, the people downstream uh, both have food security and property security. This is Kylie Harlan reporting for My Ag Life. There's giant potential sleeping in your soil. Under drought conditions, it's never been more important to wake it up. Phycoterra, a superior soil microbial food, activates the native microbes responsible for your soil's health and water holding capacity. Adding Phycoterra to your crop increases water retention up to 10% and optimizes crop nutrient availability. Plus, it delivers excellent mixability and application flexibility, making it easy to add to your existing crop input strategy. Visit phycoterra.com learn how you can wake up your soil's giant potential with phycoterra. Americans are paying up to 40% more for their vegetables than in 2014, and drought is a big reason for the price hike. A new report from Daily Mail says the increase is due in large part to states that grow fresh produce getting hit with water cuts because of droughts and storms destroying some crops as well. For example, Arizona produces 90% of the leafy greens in the U.S. and experienced its worst drought in 1,200 years. Water levels in a Colorado River are dramatically low, cutting down on the amount of water available to farmers. No relief is coming for Arizona. Arizona's farmers as officials will cut Arizona's water intake from the Colorado River by 21 percent starting on January 1st. The nation's top agricultural state, California, is also getting hurt by severe drought. The biggest increase was a 38 percent jump in the price of fresh and dry vegetables. Dairy checkoff dollars are at work to reach the next generation of consumers. They're targeting shoppers in their early 20s or younger, known as Generation Z or Gen Zers. Marilyn Hershey is the chair of Dairy Management Incorporated, or DMI. She explains just how different their approach is to telling dairy story to this unique age group. Stephanie Hoff reports. 
they don't receive their news and their information in the same way we did in the past 10 years. So we're looking at new new kinds of influencers. So, you know, an interesting t- statistic for me is 9 out of 10 Gen Z Gen Zers are gamers. They will either game or watch games. And to me, that's just unfathomable, you know, to think of that. But that is an area where they're involved. And so we work with one of the strongest gamers in the country. His name is Mr. Beast. He has over a um, hundred million followers. So a hundred million Gen Zers follow him, and uh, we have been working with him. He is he is currently writing our sustainability, the dairy sustainability story, into his game, and so that's just one of the ways, the new ways that we've been looking at trying to reach that next generation with the good things that we're doing for the environment. So that's one way uh, checkup dollars are being used to tell the positive story of dairy, in particular to the Gen Z generation. Why? Why? Gen Z? Because that's your next generation. So that is a generation of, of dairy consumers. And we know that each generation that, that comes along is further away from understanding where their milk comes from. And it's, a, it's very important for us to find new ways to be able to engage with that next, next generation consumer. Now, we saw that the 2021 numbers from USDA that dairy consumption is up. Do you find that Gen Z, though, is not as interested in dairy? What's their attitude towards the dairy industry? You know, that's a that's a really good question because and it's a critical one because what we're finding is they are making their purchase decisions based on their beliefs. If they feel like that there is a brand or if there is a food group that is um, maybe not meeting their standards, they'll avoid that food group. So what we have to do is make sure they understand that we have solutions for the environment, that we care for our animals. All this matters to them very much, and they'll make purchase decisions based on that. And so we have to make sure that our story is getting out there because of those statistics. Marilyn Hershey along with us. She's the chair of Dairy Management Inc., providing an update on how DMI is focusing dairy checkoff dollars. The goal? To grow dairy demand among the next generation of shoppers. I'm Stephanie Hoff reporting. Senate biofuels advocate Chuck Grosley is slamming the Environmental Protection Agency over its recent volume proposals for biodiesel next year and later. The proposed RFS volume is very disappointing. Especially, Grosley argues, since EPA could have used Energy Department figures that renewable diesel capacity could increase by 500 million gallons next year, way more than EPA's proposed 60 million gallons. Grosley says EPA's got its head in the sand. We have this problem in government. You can call it a silo problem. You can call it bureaucratic problem. One agency not speaking to the other. It sounds like EPA has failed to consult with the Energy Department. But the Treasury Department also has a role. The decision will be on whether to include crop-based feedstocks as part of the sustainable aviation fuel tax credit. If the Treasury decides on using the U.S. government model, then corn and soybeans will be included. But they won't be if an international U.N. model is used. Grasley says in two years, the U.S. will have the capacity to produce 5 billion gallons of renewable diesel, along with protein-rich animal feed that comes from soybeans. Bee Hero is the leading almond pollination provider. 
we deliver measurable and verifiable pollination outcomes for almond growers and turn a previously unquantified fingers crossed gamble into a controllable expenditure. For the first time, growers can know exactly what they are getting for their money during pollination. Bee Hero accurately evaluates your bees' pollination contribution in real time and gives you unprecedented visibility into the progress of bloom. Don't leave pollination to chance. Be sure, be precise, be hero. Call Charlie Phillips, VP of Sales at 559-467-9699. Be hero, superior bees, superior pollination. JCS Marketing is your number one way to connect with the ag industry. Through print magazines, digital media, podcast, and live and virtual events, JCS Marketing has the reach to inform, educate, and influence growers in the Western United States. Everywhere you go, you see West Coast Nut Magazine on a, every one of my customers' tables. So that tells you everything. That's, that, it's there, so they're reading it. Our My Ag Life platform includes podcast interviews and digital articles for busy professionals on the go. Our live events, continuing education webinars, and virtual conferences help growers connect with leading researchers and industry leaders. Let JCS Marketing help you connect. That will wrap up today's show. You've been listening to the My Ag Life Daily News Report. I'm Lori Boyer. From all of us here at the JCS Marketing Team, thank you for listening. (laughs) 